word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, at this time, we're going to go ahead and dismiss our children uh, to go to their Sunday school class. And we're going to get ready to go in hours. Adults, we're still studying Proverbs. And this morning, we're going to pick up with the second. With a, uh, we we kind of have Proverbs split up into groupings. Uh, the first section was about wisdom calling out to us. Wisdom calls. Remember, we said that she called to the simple, um, to the scorners. Who is it? And to the foolish. And they rejected her. And so now we're going to kind of, and we read a little bit about the benefits of wisdom, how we, could, how we should seek wisdom as if it were gold or precious uh, metals as treasure. And this morning, we're going to hop over into our second section uh, of the book of Proverbs, and we're going to talk about folly, uh, when folly calls. And this is actually uh, covers chapters 5, 6, and 7, but we're going to mainly focus this morning on chapter 7. Now, we're not covering every chapter in the book of Proverbs, uh, but I still want everybody to please be uh, reading or listening to a chapter a day. And with today being October 16th, you should be up to chapter 16 by now. Uh, if you're not, uh, then please go ahead and start today and try to get caught up uh, as much as you can at the back part uh, and start today with chapter 16. They're not very long. There is a lot of good information uh, that's in them. Remember, uh, we look at Proverbs from the aspect of this is uh, a father who sort of sat his young son down and is giving him uh, sort of nuggets of wisdom as he prepares for his own life. Uh, now, of course, it also applies to ladies. If we could picture on the flip side a mother who would sit her daughter down and give her uh, bits of wisdom, tidbits uh, that she's going to need as she goes out to face the world. Now, those of us that are parents have probably done something similar to this with our own kids. We didn't sit down and write it, you know, write it all out. But we've had different conversations, different talks, because you want your child to be prepared as they go out in, you know, into the world. And so this is an opportunity for us to kind of, you know, if, if we would, sort of like we're sitting at the Lord's feet and he's giving us uh, words of wisdom, things that we need to know as we go about uh, our lives. And the book of Proverbs covers everything. Uh, there's information in there about uh, our finances, how to handle our finances, about you know, our relationships with one another, um, what kind of attitudes uh, we should have. Uh, there's all kind of things you know, that, are, that are covered in the book, so it's, it's very important that we sit down and that we get all this information in. And like I said before, uh, depending on what things that you're going through in your life, there's going to be some verses that jump out at you more than others. Um, and that's why it's important, you know, to sort of go through and listen to the whole thing. And, and hopefully, um, as you are listening to it, there will be something I know that has been for me. You know, you'll, you'll hear a part or you'll read a part and you'll think, wow, you know, that was, that was a deep statement. And you can go back and study that portion of scripture out and let the Lord speak to you uh, from that passage. So we're just going to be hitting highlights uh, in the Sunday school class itself. But I do encourage you for the month of October uh, to, you know, spend some time in the book of Proverbs. And I, you know, I, I feel very confident that at the end of the month, we will be wiser than we were at the beginning of the month. I already feel a little bit wiser. That's good, right? A little less foolish. So you can look back and see how we, you know, did behave foolishly in some incidents. 
And so, I mean, that's what it is, is that we can become a better person tomorrow than we are today. Okay, so we're going to, at this point, turn our attention to uh, the recording. We're going to listen to uh, Proverbs chapter 7, and we're going to be talking about today when, fully, when folly calls. My son, keep my words and treasure my commands within you. Keep my commands and live, and my law is the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister. And call understanding your nearest kin, that they may keep you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words. For at the window of my house, I looked through my lattice and saw among the simple, I perceived among the youths, a young man devoid of understanding, passing along the street near her corner, and he took the path to her house in the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. And there a woman met him with the attire of a harlot and a crafty heart. She was loud and rebellious. Her feet would not stay at home. At times she was outside, at times in the open square, lurking at every corner. So she caught him and kissed him. With an impudent face, she said to him, I have peace offerings with me. Today I have paid my vows. So I came out to meet you, diligently to seek your face and I have found you. I have spread my bed with tapestry, colored coverings of Egyptian linen. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until morning. Let us delight ourselves with love, for my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He has taken a bag of money with him and will come home on the appointed day. With her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduced him. Immediately, he went after her as an ox goes to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks, till an arrow struck his liver. As a bird hastens to the snare, he did not know it would cost his life. Now, therefore, listen to me, my children. Pay attention to the words of my mouth. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths, for she has cast down many wounded, and all who were slain by her were strong men. Her house is the way to hell, descending to the chambers of death. All right. I just love to hear that, don't you? <laughs> okay, so we're going to find out what happens when folly comes calling. And it's so beautiful to me the way it's set out like that. Now, remember, again, we're talking about uh, the way the book of Proverbs is set out. You have a, a father who is teaching um, his young son. And so, of course, uh, as we presented wisdom as a woman, he's also presenting folly or sin as a woman. 
Now, I know it sort of makes women look bad, like we're just standing on the corner waiting to seduce some poor gullible man, right? But, you know, that's just how it's presented in a way that the son will be able to receive it. Um, so, of course, if, we were, if it had been a, a, a mother writing to her daughters, then it would have been, you know, presented as a man. But we're going to all learn from this. Uh, now, the thing about it that I want us to think about is that we're talking here about uh, seduction. Right? Seduction to sin. Now, it doesn't have to be, although this is presented in an adulterous uh, manner, you know, about sex. It's not just about sex. We can be seduced into all manner of things. Uh, and so I don't want you to say, well, I don't have a problem with adultery, so it doesn't apply to me. I mean, come on. We're not gonna be, well, let's not be foolish, right? We can be seduced into doing anything that is not godly. And a bigger picture of adultery what adultery is, is when you're in a committed relationship with one person and then you decide to become involved intimately with another person, right? Now, as Christians, what we are saying to the world when we say that I am a Christian, we are saying that I am in an intimate relationship with God. I am connected with him. So that when we do things that are unbecoming to the Lord, then we are stepping outside of that intimate relationship with God as we are, you know, having relations with the world, so to speak, when we sin, that's what we're doing. So that is committing adultery as far as the Lord is concerned. So you may not ever step out on your spouse, um, but if we step out on God, then we have still been in an adulterous relationship. And that's something we need to be mindful of. So now what happens is we see uh, he's given this uh, story or this account of having seen this young man uh, you know, standing out, a simple man just out there. You know, simple meaning that he's not, uh, not discerning, not wise to see what's going on. Now, when we are wise, and that's why it's so important for us to get wisdom in us, if he had been a wise man, then when the woman approaches him and she's, you know, saying, um, how does she, you know, she comes out, first of all, she's, you know, she's dressed the part. It says that she's dressed like a harlot. So that ought to tell him right then, back up, buddy. You know, she's, she's up to no good. But because he was not a discerning person, uh, that didn't tip him off, the appearance of it. So sometimes things can come at us, and just on their face, they, they, they look a certain way. Uh, they are telling us just right off that this is who I am, this is what I do. But if we're not discerning, then we won't see that. You know, somebody can come up to us clearly, uh, case in point, when we were somewhere, somebody drove up uh, with a car full of electronics. Now, that was, you know, that was the harlot right there, dressed as a harlot. It clearly, in your mind, you ought to know, this is up to no good. This is going to be some shady dealings. So, you know, you can walk away. But if you're not a discerning person, then you don't. You say, well, mister, let me see your wares, you know. <laughs> and then you enter into and you purchase from him. But so some things will come to us, and, and they won't be uh, just immediately, you won't know. There, there'll be some things that it will take some thought before you realize exactly what's going on. Uh, but there'll be some things that just plainly on their face uh, is luring you to sin, lure, luring you into an adulterous relationship. And so we want to make sure that we're not simple. Uh, that at the very least, you want to be able to catch those things right off that come straight at you, you know, as being wrong. Okay, but he was a simple young man, and so he didn't. When she came dressed as a harlot, he didn't, he didn't catch that. 
And it says, you know, she's loud and stubborn and her feet abide. She don't even stay at her own house because uh, she's out about doing stuff. Now, you know, she says in here that her, her husband, and you have to listen to her speech because that's the thing about seduction is the person knows how to say the right words, you know, to push your buttons. They're, they're good at this. You know, they're crafty. Um, and we have to look at it from a spiritual standpoint. This person may not know you, but we live in a world that there is a spiritual element of it. And there are spirits that have been here long before you were here and will be here long when we're gone. And they know us. You know, have you, if you've not ever heard of, you know, the term familiar spirits, spirits that, you know, may be common to a family, uh, as you can sort of see when people say, well, you act just like your great-granddaddy. He was a womanizer, and you, you know, acting just like him. There are some things that are familiar to bloodlines, to families. And those spirits know you because they know what makes you tick. They know how you respond uh, to certain situations. And so they can, you know, sort of share that information with others. And people will know um, if you are a person whose self-esteem is very low, then for somebody to, to get you all swept up, all they have to do is compliment you. You know, really, I mean, some, all you got to do is just a few, oh, you know, you look nice today. And, you know, and, and it doesn't have to be, seduction is not something that takes place in an instant. This is, it's a process. And, and somebody who's good at it is very crafty, and you won't even know what's going on until after a while you look back and you think, well, wait a minute, why am I getting so excited because they're coming by? What's, what's going on? But they will come, and, you know, and they will, you know, maybe touch you just the right way, you know, just a little on your arm, just, oh, you look so nice today. You know, especially, you know, women are good at seducing me. I'm sorry, y'all are just easy. Y'all, really. And so all a woman has to do, really, is, you know, they say the, the, the way to a man is through his stomach. No, it's through his ego. And if you can, if a woman, you know, just bat her eyes just so, and, you know, and tell him how, you know, strong he is. Ooh, oh, that muscle. Ooh. You know, and compliment him on his, you know, abilities to, you know, oh, I, I, I feel so safe with you. Oh, you know, how he did this. That, and that's how your men get caught up with their secretaries. Because the secretary does what? Sit in awe of all of his business dealings and is there to do whatever to make his life better right, to make him, you know, comfortable, like, can I get this for you, can I do this for you, you look very nice today, oh, yes, you handle that very well, and after a while, then, you know, he just sort of, he goes from thank you and, you know, on to his office and kind of hanging around at her desk for a little bit longer, because they want to be complimented, right, that is how we're made up. Now, with a woman, she wants to be made, she wants to feel like she's safe and secure, so if you've got a man that makes, if he comes around and he's making her feel safe and secure, that will turn her eye, right? And if, and if he, she feels like, you know, if he looks at her like, I don't care about all the supermodels in the world, you are the most gorgeous thing that's ever, you know, come across, you know, my path, that's going to draw her. Because there are some things that are just in how we are made up as men and women. Okay. Separate issue altogether. All right. So now we've got this young man. We've got the lady who's coming out, and she's caught him. She catches him, and she kisses him, and she says to him, you know, so seductively, I have peace offerings. Uh, this day I've paid my vows. 
Now, what does that say? That says to him that she is a woman who cares about the Lord. She has gone to the temple. She has made her sacrifices. Now, if you're familiar with the Old Testament, when they would make animal sacrifices, there was a portion of the food uh, that stayed there with the priest for the priest to eat. There was a portion that was burned in the sacrifice. There was a portion that they took back home with them. Now, the portion that you took home was supposed to be completely eaten uh, by the end of the day uh, because that was as part of the sacrifice. So she's telling him, you know, I've made my vow, so I've, I've gone and I've done because I care about the Lord. I've gone and, and I have, you know, taken my offerings to the temple, so I have gotten myself right with God. And I have this portion of food that I have to eat, uh, you know, before the end of the day because I'm a godly woman, but I'm all alone. Why? Because what she tells him, my husband is gone. He's not going to be back for a while, so we don't have to worry about getting caught, right? Because he won't be back to the appointed time, and he's taking a bag of money for him, so he's going to be on an extended trip. And here I am trying to serve the Lord, but what am I going to do? Because I got all of this that I have to eat tonight, and little old me just can't eat all this. And you know how you feel sorry for this is a godly woman. She's doing all she can to serve the Lord. So what's this young man going to do? I'll come help you. I'll help you do what's right if it's for God because I just want to serve the Lord too. So if you need some help in your worship of the Lord, let me come and help you. Now, you see how we can get caught up in that stuff in the church? She's just a sister in the Lord who doesn't understand the word. I'm going to come have Bible study with her, just us, because she, she likes the way I teach. She can understand it when I teach. She don't understand it when the pastor's teaching at the church. So I'm just going to come by, or she's going through some stuff in her relationship. Her husband uh, just doesn't treat her. He's not loving her as Christ loved the church. So I'm going to come and pray with her, and we're just going to have prayer meeting. Now, people, if you didn't know, prayer is a very intimate act. And if you keep just you and somebody joining up for these extended prayer sessions, it's going to develop into something else. So if the sister can't understand when the word is coming for, then maybe you should recommend her some study material, or maybe y'all ought to get a community Bible study group together, but you don't need to be pairing off. You know, in your interest, I'm going to help her serve the Lord, because I'm telling you, you're going to end up in the wrong place at the wrong time, right? And being a Christian does not exempt you from being able to be seduced. We got to know who we are. We got to know that this flesh will start to want things that it doesn't necessarily need, right? So don't put yourself in the way of being tempted, okay? Now, and both of them, as she may have started out with it being innocent, and he may have started out being innocent, but still, if you put to, if you put sticks together, if you put kindling together, and you douse it with some accelerant, and you put fire to it, it doesn't matter how innocently you were trying to put all that stuff together, you're going to have a fire, right, on your hands. And if you aren't careful, it's going to spread, because those wildfires that ravage in California from time to time start out with what? One simple little match or one simple little something, and before you know it, the countryside's burning down. All right. So we want to be careful not to fall into the hands uh, and not to be seduced. Okay, so she's telling him I've got these peace offerings. And then here, how she just, how she puts it. I've decked my bed with coverings of tapestry. 
right? Now, your bed may be nasty at home. Your wife, ain't nobody clean the bedroom. It's dirty socks and shoes all over the place. But she's got hers. It's nice and clean and appealing. She's made it appealing for him. Uh, and she's telling him, I've done all this for you. See how she's just sort of making it. This is all just for you. And, and don't worry about it. It's just, I, I'm in need. My husband is not here. You know, I'm lonely. I got needs. You know, and I'm all alone. But I looked and I found you. He's making him feel special. I came out, of all the people I could have approached, see, I brought my scarf today. Of all the people I could have approached, I came looking for you. I got my bed decked with tapestries, right? I got it's all scented oils and candles. I mean, she's got the whole fantasy thing going for him, right? With perfume, the bed, and, and then she's got uh, the fine linen of Egyptian. Now, I'm telling you, Egyptian cotton, that's some nice, comfortable bedding right there. <laughs> so she's telling I've got a place of comfort where we can, I can, you can be comforted, you can be soothed, you can be appreciated, maybe more than, who knows, we don't know what kind of household he's coming from. But she's telling him here, this is a safe place. This is a place where you're going to be honored, a place where you're going to be appreciated, right? And a lot of times in our lives, we may not be appreciated at home. Or even, and it doesn't even have to apply to married couples. It could be if you're a single person and you feel like you don't have anybody, that there's nobody there that's telling you how wonderful you are. There's nobody there uh, that's loving you, that's appreciating you. And here's somebody saying that they have gone through all this trouble and they are willing to do that, that you are going to be special in their eyes. It'd be very easy to be caught up into that. And, and it's not, again, like I said, don't, don't, now this is given in sort of like a, you know, sexual sort of overtones, but it doesn't have to be that, whatever, um, is seducing to you. Whatever it is out there that makes you want to cleave to it to feel comforted, uh, to feel uh, like you are worthwhile, uh, to feel to be a getaway. You know, this is sort of like a getaway, to be able to step away from whatever is going on in your life. Um, you know, so you can be somewhere where you can feel like you're going to be built up, where you're going to matter. And for some people, it may be into the arms of another person. Uh, to somebody, it may be, you know, gambling. Some people get such a high off gambling, you know, and they may be, you know, sometimes good at it, and they like the way it feels when you got the crowd chanting your name and everybody's standing next to you for luck, and, you know, you're winning this, you're winning that, and they may have equally as big losses, but just that high of what it feels like when you're on top. For some people, it may be uh, drugs that you can just for a while, you can zone out and you can feel like you're free, that you don't have to deal with the pressures that are going on in your life, that you don't have to deal with not having enough, that you don't have to deal with looking around and saying, where did my life go? I didn't accomplish the things I wanted to accomplish, that you don't have to deal with hearing people argue and complain and tell you how you aren't good enough, that for that little bit of time, you can feel just light and free and carefree and like you're on top of the world. So for some people, drugs are seducing. Uh, it could be, you know, stealing. It could be anything, anything uh, that is sinful, anything that involves us disobeying God and going our own way, depending on our own um, idea of what's right. Any of that that can take us away from our relationship 
when God can seduce us. Because what it does is that we are discontented where we are. And rather than seek God's face for the plan, you remember we talked about before, as we're going through life, there's, there's a path that each of us is supposed to take. Uh, and instead of seeking God and finding out what that path is, and then going down that road and being patient, knowing that, he's gonna, that, that it's going to work out for our good, there may be hard work now, but there'll be fun later. And sometimes we don't want to wait for the fun later. We want the fun right now. We don't want to do the work, but we want the fun of having done the work. And so when we want to get caught up in instant gratification, sin will do that. Is the difference between folly listening to, to folly, listening to wisdom. Wisdom is telling you if you make these choices, if you do these things, these are going to be the rewards that you have. Folly says, I don't know, don't don't worry about all that. Let me here, let me just give you some fun right now. Right? Because the situation with this young man, he could have had a woman who had a bed decked out with tapestries and perfumes and all of that and have all of that, but it could have been his own wife instead of taking... Now, this man, we assume as he's gone about doing his journey, the husband has worked to provide for all these tapestries and oils and all this stuff here set up. So instead of going out and getting your own... You're going to let somebody else do the work and then go in and take advantage of theirs, right? And so that's why we have to be careful about situations like that and what we, you know, try to tell people when we're doing marriage counseling with them. Instead of looking over and saying, oh, I wish my husband was like that, maybe you need to be the kind of wife that a husband like that would have or would need. You know, sometimes we don't think about, well, my husband doesn't do this and doesn't do that. Well, you think about what are you doing as a wife? Are you being a godly wife in order to have a godly husband? Maybe there's some things, because you can't change anybody else, but maybe there's some things that you can change in you to help you become a better wife. And then perhaps maybe your husband would observe those changes and think, you know, I should do better by her. Then perhaps from that, he'll want to become a better husband. But most of us, when we see we want them to change, you just see what they're doing wrong, you're supposed to love me as Christ loved the church, and as soon as you start doing that, I'll start submitting to you. It doesn't work like that. Somebody has to be the one to go first. And what we you know, tell people is that when I stand in a position of a wife, for me it's, it's the office of a wife. It's more, more important than just being a married woman. I am a wife in the eyes of God, so I have to be a wife in a way that's pleasing to him. The, the benefit, so to speak, is that it's also pleasing to my husband. But my goal is not to be a wife that's pleasing to my husband because people are fickle. I mean, what would make him happy today might not make him happy tomorrow. But if I'm being a wife that's pleasing in the eyes of the Lord and when I seek the Lord's face and say, what can I do to be a better wife um, for my husband? What would make you happy, Lord? What way do you, because you know him. So what can I do that's pleasing?